This is Jenny. This is Christian. And you're listening to Shaped. Hey, Christian, what is up? Not much. I am super excited to be back after a bit of a hiatus. Uh huh. Um, I came down with the Rona, y'all. Oh. Um, which really the main thing that meant was I just had to stay in the same room for 10 days and didn't really have significant symptoms in any mm-hmm. way. So I guess I'm thankful for that, but it meant that doing this podcast right. got put on pause. Right. And we just want to apologize to mm-hmm. all the listeners out there. I know that you were awaiting your, your fix, your weekly fix of shaped um, with bated breath. And for two straight Mondays, Oof. you didn't get it. So we are here for you. We're coming back. We're going to make it up to you. Absolutely. 100%. So today we're going to talk about the church calendar. Um, Jenny, like as you grew up, mm-hmm. did you interact with how was, what was your interaction with the church calendar mm-hmm. like? Yes, my interaction was to go as far as knowing Christmas it was December twenty fifth. Okay, and knowing Easter happened in the spring. Okay, and we wore pastels. Perfect. So a real deep dive. I mean, it seems like. <laughs> That's probably about all there is to say about the church calendar. So, so yeah, that's perfect. Gosh. I mean, I like I we we joke. I my experience really wasn't any different. Like, uh, yeah, we did Easter, we did Christmas, um, that was it. So, really, all of my experience with the church calendar has just been in the last few years, and and that may be true for some of you who are listening as well. Um. You know, you may have grown up in a tradition that didn't really talk much about Advent, didn't really talk much about Lent or Pentecost or any of these um, seasons in the life of the church. Or maybe you grew up in a tradition where like that was first and foremost and you could tell all of the the hymns that you sing during Mm -hmm. that season. You could tell the colors that go with each season of the the church calendar. Um, But I think like over for me, just over the course of the last several years, kind of becoming more and more acquainted with the church calendar. I've really just fallen in love with it. And um, it certainly can become this sort of just like stale tradition of like, this is things that we do at certain times in the year. But at its best, I think that the church calendar, um, it helps us really enter into the the story of God with his people. The story that we see play out in the scriptures, certainly, but the story that's still being written in and through us today. And so just to kind of put it as simply as possible, the church calendar is this kind of, it's kind of organized around significant seasons, usually in the life of Jesus or perhaps in the life of the church. Um, and uh, they happen each year. There's this rhythm of each year. The church year begins um, with Advent, so usually at the end of November or uh, real early December, and it kind of moves from there. But it's this way for us to kind of, in a way, reenact uh, the biblical story. Um, it's it's this recognition of here's something that God has done in the past, and as he's done it in the past, we know that he's faithful to do it in, in the future. And so we enter into it and claim it for ourselves and kind of do the same types of things that people in the biblical narrative were doing. And so, you know, there's a a thing that Jesus says when he's instituting the Lord's Supper. He says, do this in remembrance of me. And for us, that's like this weird phrase of like, what does that mean? Like, of Mm -hmm. course, I'm going to remember Jesus. But there's this kind of this biblical understanding of remembrance, which is, I think, captured by 
walking through this church year where there are different traditions that we step into. There are different types of stories that we enter into based on the time of year that it is. There are um, things that uh, that we might, uh, colors that we might put up around mm-hmm. the room or all kinds of different things. Um, it helps us enter into this biblical remembrance that gets down into our, our souls in a way. Um, and so, yeah, there's kind of just a few seasons through the, the church year. We won't go through in, in depth into all of them, but there's Advent um, that precedes Christmas. There's Epiphany that comes after Christmas. And then there's Lent, which we'll t- we're going to talk a little bit more about today. And then the last week of Lent is Holy Week. And we have things like Maundy Thursday, which sort of celebrates Jesus's um, washing the disciples' feet and instituting the Lord's Supper. There's Good Friday and the day that Jesus was crucified. There's Easter, right, which is coming Mm -hmm. up really in just a few days. And then 40 days after Easter, there's Pentecost. And this is kind of, we might call it the birthday of the church. It's when the Spirit comes and and fills God's people. And there's this new way of life that comes where um, no longer are we led by kind of uh, tradition or, or, um, I don't know, biblical, uh, like Old Testament law, but we are led by the Spirit day by day. So this is kind of, again, real broad strokes on the church calendar, but um, we wanted to spend some time talking today about Lent. This mm-hmm. We're entering into the very last week of Lent, and um, and it come, goes for the 45 days prior to Easter, um, and it's meant to kind of mirror Jesus' time in the wilderness when he's being tempted. And, um, and so Lent has traditionally been these 45 days leading up to Easter, a time of self-examination, a time of considering the places in ourselves that are broken, that are in need of God's, um, grace to just get in there and, and mend, um, they're in need of God's forgiveness as well. And this has been a tradition that goes all the way back really to the very beginning of the church, this season of staring at our own brokenness as we march this endless unceasing march toward the cross on Good Friday with Jesus. And so we come before the cross at the end of Lent um, with our hearts in this place of just repentance. Um, And so a lot of times we, you know, people practice Lent by uh, deciding different things to fast from. And the way I like to think about it is um, to consider like, what are things that may have a little bit too much of me? Not necessarily that are bad, but they may just have a little bit too much of my heart. And so obviously that could be things like giving up certain types of food. It could be giving up certain types of entertainment. Sometimes people will also like to um, pick something up. So rather than just giving something up, they'll pick up a practice. So maybe there's a certain way that you're praying or a certain section of scripture that you want to um, spend this season walking through or traditionally giving was a really, a generosity was an important part of Lent. Um, all kinds of different things that can go into this Lenten season. Um, but as we are kind of entering into this last week um, of Lent, Jenny, how, how have you interacted with Lent um, in days gone by or even this year? Yeah, absolutely. I started practicing Lent um, coming to NLCF, so in college, and I've done a number of different things. I've done like fasting from meals. I've abstained from like coffee or caffeine at certain times. Um, Last year, just prior to 
all of this kind of starting last Lenten season, I gave up like going to stores and online shopping. (laughs) And so I couldn't even like window shop, just realizing that there was something um, when I was down emotionally, just even going to a store would be like an outlet for me. And so I felt... I felt in that season there was so much provision from the Lord to have directed me to that, to then be like tossed into this time frame of you can't go anywhere. Mm. And so you've got to sit in your feelings. Um, so I feel that one, yeah, maybe that was one of the most, one of the best Lenten experiences I've had, even in the painfulness, just to say, yeah, I can see, I can see this thing, um, loosening its grip on me and instead I'm walking more closely with the Lord. This Lenten season, something I'm doing that I'm excited about is lighting a candle every day. So we have a Lenten wreath, um, kind of similar to an Advent wreath, and we'll light a candle and move it forward every day until Easter. So it's been really cool to do that with Johnny every night together. So those are a couple things I've done over the last couple years. How about you, Christian? Have you practiced Lent? Yeah. You know, I one of my favorite things is really a pretty basic one is just to pick a day or two each week um to fast and i feel like i am always blessed by fasting even if i like super hate it in the moment um but i a lot of times just allow that to be a discipline that i don't like stay with over long periods of time so lent kind of gives me a chance to step back into that um one of the things that i've that i do pretty often during lent is to only drink water. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do that be- because it's kind of this ever present reminder of like, Oh, we're in this Lenten season. Like let's focus on our brokenness. Like let's come before the Lord in that because I'm someone who really, really, really hates only drinking water with <laughs> meals. Um, I'll drink water to stay hydrated, mm-hmm. but it's purely functional. When I'm eating a meal, I want to have Coke or orange juice or something. Like I just, hate drinking water. And mm-hmm. so when I'm drinking water, only water, it's kind of this reminder of like, okay, yes, um, we're in this Lenten season. So those are a couple things. One of the things I've been doing this year is praying the hours, which really just means that there's like four appointed prayer times throughout the day, not very long, um, you know, maybe 10 or 15 minutes each time, but just times to stop throughout the day. And I've decided to do that because, uh, you know, we're in this season as a church where we're talking a lot about prayer and, you know, I'm asking God that he would, that he would teach me to pray, that he would grow my prayer life. And so it's like, okay, this is a good thing to pick up in the season. And that's been really great. I've really enjoyed it. I think God has, I think God has grown my prayers in some way over the course of these past five weeks so far. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, it's what my Lent has looked like. Yes, absolutely. Gosh. So this week um, on the podcast, we are talking to three different people within our NLCF congregation. We're talking with Ben, Greg, and Lily, and they are all engaged group leaders within NLCF Collegiate. And we're just asking them each similar questions and allowing their personalities about how they've experienced Lent, about how they've seen the Lord move, um, and about what, what kind of truths that have been brought to the surface in Lent this year and Lent previously. Um, And so they, yeah, we're so excited to talk with each of them and just hear the ways that the Lord has shaped them through practicing Lent.
We are joined by Lily. Thank you so much for talking with us today, Lily. And we would love to hear what are some practices that you have stepped into for Lent? This could be something from this year. It could be from years past. It could be something you've given up or something that you've picked up. Just how have you practiced Lent? Yeah, so in the past, I've usually done something like not eating sweets for Lent or not drinking coffee one time, which was stupid because I never even drank coffee in the first place. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I've tried to get more creative over the last couple years and really try to pick something that is more personal to me and things that I've either been struggling with in my faith or in life in general and stuff. So last year, for instance, I uh, bought a pack of white t-shirts and I tried to only wear white t-shirts. Then we ended up going home because of COVID. And so I stopped doing that because it was more about um, being at school for that one. But this year I decided to give up my reflection. So not looking in mirrors, um, not like even in public bathrooms, like trying just to keep my head down and not linger um, on how I looked for the day. And there's, there are a couple of uh, times where I'll allow it, like if I'm flossing or something and I need to know where my teeth are, then like, okay, I'll, I'll look in a mirror for that because it's more about, um, not focusing on my outward appearance and that how that pertains to my personality or my mood for the day, just trying to not let that be something that I'm focusing on, um, in my head or my heart and having that be set aside for Lent. Mm. That's really interesting. I, I love that creativity and just considering the things that may uh, have more of our hearts than they should. Um, we recognize that looking at our reflection is not a bad thing in any way, but at times um, we can just see that these things that are perfectly neutral, they feed into something that is happening in our hearts. So that's really yeah. creative. Um, as you've been walking through this practice um, over the course of Lent, how have you seen the Lord shape you? What's kind of come to light um, as you've been practicing this way? So I think that one of the big ones is um, I kind of wrote this down a couple days in to my, the, the practice of not looking in the mirror. I put it on my mirror um, and it says like your purpose exists regardless of how you look. Um, that was just one of the big things that God put on my heart because I was doing like self-reflection and just thinking about, okay, like what's, what's the point of being a Christian? What's the point of life? Like what's our daily goal? And our daily goal is to, you know, spread the good news to other people and try to take as many opportunities to spread the love of Jesus, whether it's directly saying that that's what you're doing or just, Um, like letting the Holy Spirit move in you and interactions with people. And it was important to me when I kind of had that put on my heart to realize like how you look is not having an effect on how the Lord is going to use you. There's nothing that you can control about how you look naturally. Sure, you can do your hair certain ways. To a certain extent, you can exercise and be as healthy as possible. But there are always going to be other people who are part of the Christian community who are 
have the same goals as you who look completely different than you and how you look does not make one person more valuable than another to God and so that was something that um was just really important for me especially because I like so many other people of course have insecurities about how I look and stuff like that but this has been something um that's just been super beneficial to helping me refocus my purpose as a Christian Man, Lily, that is so cool to hear. I remember when I first heard what you were doing for Lent and just being so struck by how creative that was and how much you were not just giving this thing up, but interweaving truth um, within that there. And so I would love to know if you could if you could pick just one thing that you're like, this is something I've learned in this season that I'm going to hold on even after Easter, even when Lent ends this year, I'm going to hang on to this truth. What do you feel like that would be? Yeah, um, I mean, going back to that truth I was speaking earlier about how it doesn't matter how you look like God is still using you for a purpose. And so I think that when it comes to doing prep to go to church on Sunday, when you're preparing yourself to go to a small group or something like that, just, I guess, spending more time um, praying about how I'm spending that time in community rather than getting myself ready physically in my appearance is something that I would love to continue to take with me. Um, and even just in the mornings when getting ready for the day, spending less time on makeup and spending more time using five minutes to just be in prayer and seeking out God's will for you for that day. Um, that's a good practice that I think has come out of this. I found a lot more time to be with God instead of being with myself in front of a mirror. Mm. So that would be the practice that I'd want to, I definitely want to hopefully bring with me after Lent is over. Yeah, that's so great. I, I think like there's this thing that can happen in Lent where like we may strip something away so that there can be new life come into that space and it sounds like that's happening with you and that that's something that'll ripple ripple (laughs) far (laughs) beyond this season um so thanks so much for joining us lily um yeah and good luck the rest of the way in lent thank you so much thanks for having me Well, we're joined now by Greg Saliga, and Greg, we would love to just hear um, about some of the practices that you have stepped into uh, for Lent, whether that's this year or um, in years past. So are there things that you have picked up or things that you have, have given up for Lent? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> um, I started, I did my first Lent last year um, in which I gave up YouTube um and i didn't take up anything and then this year i've given up music except for worship music um as well as taking up a time of silence once a day um the the time of silence is kind of more broad and i've done different things with that but generally yeah that's what it's been that's awesome greg i love those practices how do you feel like you chose to do those things specifically, like giving up YouTube or giving up music aside from worship music? What was kind of your thought process mm-hmm. in picking those things? Yeah. 
Um, well, both of them um, are things that I spend a lot of time doing. Um, uh, for YouTube last year, it was, we were still had in-person classes and I had a pretty busy schedule. And so um, I had a lot of short gaps in my day of downtime, um, like riding the bus or walking between classes, eating um, before bed. And these were like small bits of time that I were filling with YouTube. So like just packing my day um, basically to the brim. Um, and so for Spotify, I got the idea from my friend Grace. Um, she did it last, I think a couple years ago. Um, but we both listened to a ton of music and she had a lot of success with that. So, um, that's why I picked those two things. Um, also they were both things that, um, I remember a year ago, Christian was trying to, we were trying to brainstorm like things for, for each other. And, um, one of the things was the prompts was what's something you spend a lot of time doing. And for both last year and this year, like it was, they were really clear. It was like, you spent a lot of time on YouTube last year. And then this year was like, you spent a lot of time on music. And so they were both things that came right to mind. And they were both things that I was like, instantly just like, okay, let's pick something else. Cause I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, after a little bit of deliberation have ended up here. So yeah, that's how I went about choosing this. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the kind of process of choosing things that we tend to go to, to fill our time a lot, a lot of times like dead time, I think is helpful, you know, mm -hmm. where it's like, I just need to fill the silence um, or I need to fill this space where I don't know what to do with it. Um, and again, the, not that that's bad in any way, but I think like it can be uh, a space where once it's gone, what's left and, um, and leave kind of vacating that space, gives space for God to get in there and mm -hmm. maybe do something with it. So um, yeah, we'd love to hear like, how have you seen the Lord meet you in this, in these practices over the past couple of years? How have you seen God um, shape you through, through your Lenten practices? Yeah. I mean, it's really just like you said, um, just opening up space for him to be in my life where he wasn't before. Um, I have gotten some pretty straightforward, just like self-control and discipline from, from these things, which has been good. Um, but yeah, more so than anything, I think, yeah, like you were saying, just bringing him into these small, like moments in my life, um, that he wasn't before, like a bus rider walking between class. Um, because of course he's always constantly moving in our life. He's always present. He's always on our shoulder with us. And so, um, yeah, just we can often miss out on some like Kairos moments or just like um, influential moments, um, no matter how small, just cause you know, we're not paying attention. So yeah, that's yeah. definitely something I've gotten, gotten from that. 
Yeah, Greg, I love that truth of just what I'm hearing you say is like the Lord is available to us and he is coming towards us. And if we are so full of other influences, then we can miss out on what he might be trying to say or the way he might be trying to interact with us. And so kind of this stripping back has allowed him just even more fully in these quiet moments, these small places to just infiltrate your life. And that that is really cool. That's awesome. Gosh, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. We really appreciate it. No problem. I can't wait to hear this episode. (laughs) (laughs) So we are here with Ben Fisher. Thanks so much for doing this, Ben. We, um, gosh, I'd love to hear what are some of the practices that you have stepped into for Lent, whether it is this year or years previously, what things have you given up or what things have you picked up? Sure. Well, I'm, I'm glad to be here. And, uh, yeah, so a few things. Um, the main ones I've done are uh, mostly like uh, caffeine. Uh, I'm giving up caffeine. Um, I found that's kind of a, a big one for me. Um, another one is kind of like a, a day fast or a half day fast. Um, I've done a few uh, more unique ones, I'd say. Um, it was a couple years ago. I kind of did like a wardrobe change and which sounds kind of weird, but I've found that, you know, a lot of times I'm, I'm taking um, a lot of time picking out my clothes and stuff. And so kind of trying to to not take so much focus on that. Um, so, yeah, those are kind of the, the three main ones I've, I've interacted with. Um, look different each year, but yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. How did you go about picking each of those different practices? Yeah, so... Uh, I think most of the time, the way I've kind of interacted with Lent is it's been uh, a way for me to um, look into to what things I'm um, kind of trying to get more out of than I should be. Mm. Um, for instance, the, the caffeine, um, just using that as an energy booster or just um, kind of a emotion effector, if that's even a word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think like altering and enhancing like my, my daily experience um, and any realizing that with food too, like being so reliant on food. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think picking picking things like that that I just find a, a big reliance on. Um, and I think pride too for the kind of the, the clothes, clothing adjustment um, I found uh, looking, looking for areas that I find myself um, being most prideful in and kind of. Um, honing on those. So I think it's, yeah, Lent is to me has been um, finding where am I relying on myself? Where am I really looking at myself and how can I um, kind of give those up in this season? Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of asking like, what has a hold on me that I might not necessarily want it to? And then how can I reshape the things that I'm doing so that they like less and less have a grip on me. That's awesome. I'm so excited for that. Gosh. So then I would love to know as those things have loosened their grip on you, what have you seen the Lord do in the midst of practicing Lent? Yeah. Um, I think the main thing I've seen is um, kind of this idea of um, like a, a re-identity almost. Um seeing myself more as like a heavenly being, I think. I think realizing that I, I don't have to, um, I don't need these things 
to um to to live spiritually really i like i don't live by bread alone as it says in uh in matthew and so i think um really taking the focus off of that um just for you know even 40 days or so and um yeah i think just experiencing that and experiencing the weakness in it too um how difficult it can be for me um you know with giving some some certain things up um, and realizing how uh, weak of a physical creature I am without without Christ I, I really am uh, helpless um, but yeah, I think it's it's helped to, to reshape my understanding of who I am and and where I'm really going um, yeah yeah that's awesome almost this like twofold thing of in one sense like recognizing your weakness. And in the other sense, recognizing like I was built for a different world, like I'm a citizen of heaven. And how can I live into that knowing like my body is a good thing, my spirit is a good thing, but I don't want these external things to have too much hold on my life. That is awesome, Ben. Gosh, thank you so much for sharing and for being on the podcast. Appreciate yeah, thank it. Thank you. What a gift. To be able to talk to not just one or two, but three distinct folks within our congregation that just with their personalities have influenced the way they have approached Lent this year and years in the past. I'm so thankful um, for their willingness to share with us. And so if you are listening to this on the day that it's released or around the time it's released, then we are in Holy Week. This is the week leading up to Easter. It contains Maundy Thursday and Good Friday and then culminates and finishes in Easter Sunday. And so it is not too late to do something for Lent. Do not believe the lie that it is too late. It is absolutely possible to go ahead and try one of these things that we have talked about today. So it could be a practice of giving up. It could be giving up coffee or sweets or music. It could be giving up social media, deleting the apps from your phone, not going on those websites for this week leading up to Easter. It could also be the practice of fasting, of giving up food, of fasting from a meal or fasting for a day. And when we talk about fasting, we want to be really clear that we are not talking about fasting in terms of a diet or of a way of losing weight or changing our bodies. We are talking about fasting entirely in the sense of doing it to be present to God. Fasting is a practice that we see throughout all of scripture of ways God's people have just said, I want to be present to you in this. And so abstaining from a meal is a way that we can we can do that and be with him. And so we're not talking about weight loss or any kind of dieting, but fasting in the spiritual sense for these practices. It could also look like adding something into your schedule this week. It could be spending 20 minutes in silence every day. It could be spending 20 minutes in prayer during your lunch hour. It could be spending some time reading scripture, reading the passages from the Bible about Holy Week, maybe even on the days that they occur to read the passages then. And so these are just some simple ways that we can take hold of this practice of Lent, even right now in this time, and prepare our hearts for Easter Sunday. 
as always, we want to leave you with a blessing. And so in this Holy Week, as perhaps you are picking up or maybe finishing up Lent, um, we pray that your practices uh, may help you know the almighty and ever-living God, the, the God who in his tender love for us sent his son to take our nature upon himself, to suffer death upon a cross, to give us this example of great humility. This week, may he mercifully grant that we walk in that way of suffering this last Lenten week so that we may also share in his resurrection in just a few days. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.